With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Good afternoon or good night, depending on where you are listening to this podcast. I'm going to get right into it this week, ladies and gentlemen. My next guest became a real-life folk hero on February 22, 2020 at Scotiabank Arena. In the building as an emergency backup goalie, the both Carolina Hurricanes netminders got injured during the game against the hometown Toronto Maple Leafs, with whom my next guest... He'd often practice with when they needed an extra goalie at, at his workplace, the Rico Coliseum. He got the call to play in the second period and not only stopped eight of ten shots he faced, but registered the win and became the oldest goalie in hockey history to win his debut at 42 years young. He was named the game's first star and in the process instantaneously became a national hero and international phenomenon influenced thousands of children all over the globe, proving anything is possible. If you believe in yourself these days, he's busy doing a number of things. We'll soon talk about including charity events, playing the game. He loves, he is a hometown hero, a hell of a hurricane, a game winning goalie, a positive professional, a marvelous middle-ager an interesting Ontario. He likes ground beef and stymied the leaves. He chews food slowly and is a hell of a goalie. 
He makes the odd save, and his friends call him Dave. He zambonied the snow and wore number 90 in the show. Number 90 in the show. I once owned a pug, and they called him E-Bug. Haven't you heard? He popularized, popularized the word. Folks, I have a car that needs some repairs. Please welcome my guest. It's David Ayers. How the hell are you doing, Dave? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm not bad. Thanks for doing this. And by the way, people pronounce it right. It is Ayers, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, I, I've heard people, obviously, talk about I get it, everything. it. But I'd never seen the name. So how was Nashville? You just got back. Yeah, that was a blast. I mean, my first time there, that was a bucket list. I mean, going to the, some pretty cool bars down there and just kind of seeing the city. It was uh, it was wild. short but sweet. Oh, I loved it. I'm going back for sure. I was I was there, so we're around the same age. I was there the first time in February. I, I'd never been either. Uh, I, okay, so I I'd been there sitting out with the Canadians and been in the building, which I think might even have been a different building. But whatever it is, I walked in on a bus and walked out. I hadn't really seen Nashville. I had no idea. You know, I. None of the landmarks. I didn't know what Broadway was if you hit me in the head with it. I, I just didn't know anything about it. I go down there and I couldn't believe. I mean, I knew what I was in for and I still couldn't believe the level of music. Did you hit that strip? Yeah. Uh, well, being a long weekend too, Saturday was insane. I mean, they closed the road completely off and it was just absolutely packed. It was a sea of people. I think the first bar I went into was Jason Aldean's bar. That was unbelievable. I mean, the big green tractor in the center as the bar. I mean, it was surreal. It was just so, so wild. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Well, we we would get up, and I was with a bunch of guys that, well, one guy, a real, real good friend, Terence Sandwich, has been on the show, and he was uh, an old teammate of mine. He was having a birthday, so he just invited all of his friends down. A lot of them were hockey players, so I didn't know them real well, but I knew of them, and I played against them. Anyway, we had a lot of we had a lot of fun. We would spend a lot of team, probably the most at that place, or Kid Rocks. Who knew? I, I didn't think Kid Rock... I mean, I know he likes country music, but I just didn't think of that going hand in hand with Nashville Strip. But hey, I didn't go into Kid Rocks. That place was insane. I mean, yeah, it was crazy. That was eight o'clock or seven thirty in the evening. Absolutely jammed. On the lineup was all the way around the building. I mean, yeah. So I pretty much stayed in Aldine's. The next night was uh, Lucky Bastard Saloon, which was yeah. kind of across the street. It was awesome too. I mean, the band was great. So it kind of hooked me and went into that one. It was wild. I don't think I've ever been in another place where. There's multiple live bands playing at the same time on multiple levels and people just eating it all up. Um, which you I don't know. Are, you, are you into music? Or did, because... I love it. I mean, I do love a lot of music. I mean, country music is always my, my go-to. So, I mean, walking down the street and all you hear is like the drums just smashing. You can't even really hear voices because all the music is just, you know, until oh. you get into the bar. But uh, it, it was it was uh, a lot to take in in a couple of days. But I mean, I took it in the best I could. So, and you're a guy. I saw you travel by yourself a lot. You do. I, I do that a lot as well. I I'm, I love to take a drive. I don't know if you went there by yourself, but I saw yeah. like a month ago on your Instagram. Yeah. So I like that. You, what do What do you do? You just is it good for the brain? You like to just take trips and and kind of release. Yeah, I mean the tension, or is it just hey fuck it's bucket list? It's a little bit of both. I mean, recently kind of gone through a little bit of personal stuff, and you know it hasn't been the greatest on the mind, but. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, I was in Jacksonville, just decided to hit the beach and just kind of go by myself and, and kind of clear the mind and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, Nashville was another bucket list. I'm like, hey, why not go for the weekend? Go down by myself, kind of meet some people down there. And, um, you know, just it's awesome. I mean, just have a lot of fun, right? I mean, traveling is the best. I'm going to go in a couple of weeks. I'm going to go to to uh, to L.A. and, and watch Morgan Wallen in, uh, in concert down there, too. So, I mean, yeah. why not, right? It is. It's uh, it's just the best for the brain. It's so many, and it's a great education. 
I often say to people, I can't really speak about somewhere that I read in a book as much as I've been there. I'd, I'd rather visit a place than take a course on it, put it that way. And I think I'd learn more. Um, so listen, did you grow up in Toronto? And I, I think you did, if, if, if or in the area. And part B of that, did you grow up loving, was hockey your first love? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up in Whitby. So Whitby is about an hour outside of Toronto, uh, east. And it was. I mean, my dad was a goalie. My older brother was a goalie. I mean, I really didn't have an option to not like hockey, right? So, and it, it was like I had no option to other be a goalie too. It's like here you go, we've got gear that's like ten years old, and you're six. You're six. I mean, throw it on. It's five sizes too big, but get in there and have fun, right? So that's that's pretty much how I grew up, and that's how I became a goalie. I think I started yeah six or seven years old being goalie, and I had to stick with it all the way through just because I was getting all the hand me down gear. You see, this is the part of the story that annoys me, and no offense, because it really. I only get annoyed because I know I also, by the way, I don't know if you remember David Roper, the rope dog, the equipment manager there. At yeah, Rico. he's yeah. awesome. So he's, he's one of my best friends in the world. He's from Mount Pearl where I'm speaking to you from now. So, and you know, so I asked Rope, Rope said, yeah, David's pretty good goalie. Like, and then I realized, I looked into it. I'm like, okay, so you played your whole life. The way they framed it is that some Zamboni driver just jumped off from one rink and then went over and played a good, like, you know, they sensationalized it. So, which is nice for the story, but you were working. It's not like you were only the Zamboni driver. You were working at Rico. You, you had a history of playing goal right back to when you were what, a kid. So you, so leading up to this, there's a lot of hockey that happened. So you played minor hockey the whole way then, did you? Yeah, I played minor hockey all the way up until I was, what, 18. And then I was going to go to a couple of uh, junior teams. And I was just hockeyed out, even even a couple of uh, universities yeah. in the States. And I just didn't want to play hockey anymore. I just kind of shut it down. Uh, and that was it for me. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't interested at all. And I went and played with my brother and a couple of his buddies. And then uh, I was having fun. I was having fun with hockey yeah, again, right? I mean, um, and then I just kind of revitalized myself. And when I started working for the Marlies in like 2013, um, that's how I kind of started. Like I was already playing obviously still, but that's how I started getting back into it a little more competitively. Uh, and I got on the ice with some of the guys during the lockout and uh, Dallas Eakins was a coach and he was amazing. He's like, Hey, just anytime we need a guy, can you come out and play and bring your gear? And it was, yeah. So I did it. And that's how I started with the, with the Marlies. And then it kind of progressed all the way until, um, until 2020 when, you know, 2017, actually they needed the emergency goalie when the rule came in. Um, and then Reed Mitchell from the Leafs called me and said, hey, any chance you want to be an emergency goalie? We obviously know that you've been skating with the Marlies for years. And, um, you know, could you do it if we need you to help out? And I said, absolutely. So that's how that whole thing kind of materialized. And yeah, I have been a goalie since I was a little kid. So it was, it was just fun, to be, especially after my kidney transplant. It was fun to be able to get back into playing hockey at a, at a fairly high level, right? Which is also wild. I'm going to get to that in a sec. So when, because... Honestly, I'd forgotten that it's such a crazy like folk. It's like a Paul Bunyan type of a story that I missed that uh, at first, the, the kidney transplant. But then I'll get to it in a minute. But were you necessarily a Leafs fan then growing up? Like, did you go to no. Leafs games? Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my dad took us to Leafs games. My dad and my brother were huge Leafs fans. And I wanted to be something different. So I ended up being a Bruins fan because oh. Andy Moog was my favorite goalie. Like Andy Moog was a smaller guy. I was a smaller guy yeah, when I was yeah. playing. And I, I just loved him. Um, so I ended up becoming a Bruins fan. And uh, I actually got to meet him, uh, I think, last year doing an autograph signing at the Sport Card Expo. We were signing side by side, which was, to me, was so cool. I mean, he's your 
you know, your, your hero as you're growing up and all of a sudden you're signing autographs right beside him. So I it was love awesome. that you say that. I love that you say he's your hero because for a big part of his career, at least for some cups, he was back up to Grant Fuhr and mm -hmm. people would kind of treat him like he was Ringo Starr and the Beatles or something, you know, well, you know, like they didn't really use their back, but they did. And not only that, he was a great goalie and he, I played with him. You're not going to believe this, but I was 19 years old. I made that and the Habs only had me there practicing. Basically, they said, and I only—I think I only played three games, but I was there almost all year. Went back to junior at the deadline in February. But I was there, and they're like, we're what kind of rather you this year, particular year, we're rebuilding. You practice up here with us. We think you'd learn more than send you back to junior. So I'm going, yo, 19 years old, I'm on the Habs, right? So, yeah. but he was the, he was our, he was, I think, brought in to bring along guys like Jocelyn Thibault. We had um, Jose Theodore, and we had Matteo Garan, all in the same system, of three unreal right. goalies. And we had Thomas yeah. Vokun, actually, and we traded Vokun first. But that's what oh, we were yeah. So we had Vokun in the East Coast League. So um, so I remember Moog was brought in for that reason. It's like, let it, let's bring him in for a year and like mentor the guys. And so I got to practice with him as well. I think he was like 40 or 41 at the time. Um, but wild. I can't believe he said Andy Moog. So, yeah. so there's that. And then there's... You know, obstacles. So, so you're a hockey fan. Your family are Leafs fans, which is really ironic if you think about it. You weren't. What ended up happening? You go to the Ad Leafs game now, 2004. You're around my age, so you're a young guy. You're in your 20s. What happens with the with the kidney trend, like the whole kidney problem? First of all, how did you find? Yeah. What's well, it was, it was weird because you know I thought it was just um, like a flu or something. I had it was kind of. And just I couldn't kick it. It was kind of going here and there, and it would go away for a little bit, and it would come back. And eventually, it got to the point where I was just insanely dizzy. Where I tried to drive to work one day, and I couldn't. I almost ran over somebody who was walking across the road because I didn't really see them. So I turned around and and went back home. And I eventually went to the hospital. Uh, and my blood pressure was two forty over one twenty, so it was pretty elevated. Uh, and my doctor said, "You need to get to the hospital right away." So stupid me went home. You know, had something to eat, and <laughs> I think I went the next day to the hospital. Um, and they couldn't really figure out what was going on. They're like, you're in really great shape. We don't really know what's happening with you. Uh, your blood pressure is elevated, but we're going to give you these meds. And so I went from May until October, um, taking these meds. And at the time there was a federal hockey league. I think they, they were trying to bring into in Canada and all these guys were trying out for it. And I tried out for it. And the last day my feet were so swollen. I couldn't even put them in my skates. And, um, oh. it was, it was, it was tough. So Thanksgiving in October, uh, I was at my parents' house. I ate and I pretty much passed out on my feet. I was so sick. So I went to the hospital and they're like, yeah, you need a, you need a kidney transplant. There's no doubt about it. So um, God, you need a kidney transplant. Like, that's big news. Yeah. You know, you go to the hospital, you're like, oh, hey, fuck kidney stones would be a big deal. Kidney stones, yeah. let alone you need a fucking transplant. So what happens then? Yeah. I mean, I, I had to go on dialysis right away. And I remember the first night being in the hospital and there was a nurse who sat beside me and I'm like, you don't need to sit beside me. She's like, actually, I do, because people that find out that they've got something like this, some, sometimes, you know, they try and take their own lives. And I said, uh, I understand that. But they gave me a book about what kidney transplants were all involved and all the kidney disease. So I sat there that one night, read the whole book. Um, so I kind of knew what I was in for. And I turned to, to her in the morning. I said, you know, thanks for being here. But uh, and, and thanks for the, the material for me to read. I said, I'm ready for this. Like, let's go. Let's let's get this going. And I was lucky enough that I was on dialysis for nine months uh, and I did all the testing. My mom was matched and uh, the doctor was great. He kind of expedited everything. And um, I, I kind of got back onto it. I was actually going to go to the central league in Texas. 
uh, for a camp in like September. Uh, but my transplant was in, um, was in May. So I, I dropped from like 200 pounds to 160 during dialysis. I was, I was skinny, right? I mean, I wasn't ready to play. And then the team doctor down there said, you know, let's wait another year. Uh, we don't think that you're ready to come down. So, you know, obviously I was pissed off, but I, you know, agreed with that. Knowing what I know now about, you know, how hard it is to, to play pro hockey at all. I mean, I would have, I wouldn't have made it through that. So, um, but lucky enough for me, I, I got through and kind of battled back. Wow. Uh, and, you, and so <laughs> it's funny. So here you are when that happened, you're in your mid twenties, let's say kidney transplant or no kidney transplant. It's kind of when you're, you know, outside of your teens, I, I think as a hockey player, you, you, you probably like anything, I think you improve the most probably during your teens, if not, cause your body's growing at the same time. Um, but oh, one second, I'll let my cat out. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but but when you actually must start improving, you can't really keep a track of this. Like because you're going in, okay, 2014, 15, or 17, I think you said the e-bug comes in. You're practicing with the Leafs after 13, I think you said. So you must be improving. It would be like I'm I'm not very good at basketball. Yet if I practiced every day with people in the NBA, I know I would get better. You're already a pretty good goalie. If not, you're not playing all, you know, it's not like you're practicing as much as people that are playing pro hockey, but you know, you kept playing a little bit. So you must feel yourself getting better in practice. Again, I'm not saying that you became this NHL goalie overnight, but it was a good opportunity, but you still got the fucking win. You made saves in there and that's hard mentally and physically, but you must find yourself as a goalie. Then in your thirties, you were improving because if I had guys like that shooting on me, I think you would have to. So most people's success or, or improvement, you can track online somehow, right? Somehow. But you're just, so in your head, you must be really knowing that, you know, you're, you're, you're probably not thinking you're ever going to get a chance to play pro at this point. But did you feel yourself getting better? Yeah, 100%. I mean, once I started to practice with them, and I was, I was in good shape, too. I mean, I, yeah. I was in really good shape at that point. Um, and then I was practicing more and more. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can hang with these guys. It's, you know, it, it was pretty good. And, um, and for me, it was just a big deal to be able to, to practice with guys at that level again, especially since going through my transplant and, and all the other crap my body went through. And I'm just like, you know, just, just happy enough to be able to get back on the ice and be, it's cool for me, be on the ice with these AHL guys um, and have them kind of welcome me on the ice and, you know, joke around and just kind of be back in the locker room and have fun again. But I felt like I was, I was getting better every year. I was getting better. And all of a sudden you hit like, I don't know, you hit like 40 you're like, oh man, my knees are sore, my hips are sore. Like, I can't barely get off the couch sometimes. I mean, yeah. I found out that I was playing for the last four years with torn meniscus in my right knee and, <laughs> and one of my like. So, uh, I knew it was I knew it was painful, uh, but I didn't really I didn't want to stop playing. I mean, I wanted yeah. to play and practice as long as I could go, as long as I could go. But I mean, remember, you know, during Leafs practice, I would do Leafs and Marley some days, both times, and at night or even the next morning. I mean, I had to get help getting off the couch because my legs were. My knees were so bad, but I would just keep going to practice. I mean, there was, I don't think I missed from 2013 all the way up to 2020. I don't think I missed one practice and I couldn't tell you how many hundreds of practices I was in, but I never missed one because, you know, even if I was sick, I was still going there and toughing it out just for the love of the game, just to be able to do it. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Mother Mother and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look feel, and sound better than ever. 
with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, which I find is perfect for tuning out distractions at work. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I personally love Raycon's noise isolation mode that blocks out the sounds around me. Bass boost for hard-hitting music and balanced for podcasts. Raycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, 15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. So, uh, so much, I mean, timing is everything, but it's not like you didn't put in the time. You know, you know, like, sorry, timing in general is very important, and everything that happened to you was a result of some great timing. But, but, all these things, right? It's not as much of a fluke as people would think because that takes a lot to be able to do that, even to be able to practice for that many years in a row. I don't talk to any backup goalie that doesn't play much. Like the same thing, right? You you face injuries, you you face, you know, maybe I'm just not gonna do this anymore. Maybe another opportunity would come up that you couldn't turn down. But everything everything seems to be going your direction for all this to happen. I find it wild. Um, because you know, behind everybody's story of luck other than a lotto winner. And even then there's some, there's a reason, um, you know, is it like me? I, I don't know. I, was I going to get into acting? Probably not. Like I, I just kind of fell upon it. And then Shorzy happened. The timing was perfect. They need some Newfoundlander that has no tooth in the acting union. I'm the only, <laughs> Whoa, I got lucky, but I did work on the crew for five or six years. And then I did do some stunts. So it was all a bit of a one-off, but there's something there. You're telling me this story of a guy who's basically playing pro hockey, but no one can notice. The, the only thing I can think of that that's close is if you're like a, a backup, maybe quarterback in the NFL, where they literally don't play much at all. And you can't really track the progress, but some of them might be going, you know what? Like I'm getting way better here. Like, I'm, you know, you're, you're feeling yourself. It must be a wild feeling so take us then to you become an e-bug did you know what that was all about and did any for, from 17 18 19 did you think there's a chance you're getting in a game because i saw you played for charlotte at one point when was that yeah i played for charlotte three weeks before i played for carolina oh my god so, i didn't know it was that it was, close yeah it was crazy how that worked out i mean the guys we just joke around saying that was the fastest you'd come up through the system. I was being a nobody, <laughs> you know, you're, you're February 1st or something like February 1st or 2nd. I was with Charlotte and 22nd. I was with, <laughs> with Carolina. So, Holy shit, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm still trying to track down that Jersey from Charlotte actually. Cause I just want to have it. I mean, yeah. it'd be pretty cool to have that back and forth, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how quick that happened, man. So, and did like when, do, do you, do you, first of all, do you know other e-bugs? Is there a place that you guys get together or does each team just figure it out for themselves? Yeah. On, on Instagram, they've got like an emergency goalie uh, group and they all talk back and forth and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't really chime, chime in too often, but it's, it's cool just to kind of listen to the guys go back and forth and talk about who's practicing where and um, if a game, if a game's going on and one goalie goes down, the chat just blows up. I mean, these guys are, they're hardcore over it. It's pretty cool. Hey man, like it's unique to hockey, but it is. They're like like you. I'm sure they all play go. I watched that kid Scott. He didn't get the win. Whatever his name, Scott yeah. Foster. I mean, again, yeah. you look into it. Oh, he did play goal, right? So these are guys. I don't care what you say. You're part of the NHL, and 
I would absolutely love to be a fly on the wall of that group chat. And I mean that in the best possible way that, uh, you know, I, I think it would be you'd hear some really cool angles from some people that probably if nothing else, you're getting in the building, you're watching, you're associated with one of your favorite. Well, if you if you must love the NHL if you're going to do that. So. Yeah. um, So now you're doing it. You probably don't think it's much of a possibility. Maybe maybe you did. But when you get the call for the NHL. Are you in the rink? Like, we, we, Do you just go to the games, say on the, on the 22nd, whatever it happened? Do you go and then you find out that night? Or are they going, hey, and then we got a third goalie, but he's not here, so just come and be in the building. Like, How does it work? No, you gotta you have to sign a contract to be the emergency goalie. Um, and then you've got a schedule at the beginning of the year. I think the, I did a bunch of them. I did a lot of them. Actually, the majority, I think the second year I did, I think I did every one of them, pretty much. Um, and the first and third year, I did a lot of them. Some of the university kids did a couple, um, and stuff like that. So it was, we kind of, we knew that we were when you had to be there. I mean, you take your gear, you're dressed up, you know, you're in your dress clothes and stuff like that. I stood funny enough for three straight years. I stood in section 317. It's the standing room section. It was kind of a big area up the top and we're just out of the way. I mean, you're wearing dress clothes and everyone else is just crushing beers and wearing jerseys and screaming, right? So, I mean, I, I was, I was, I, I don't know, I was, it was like a misfit in that section. So I just stood up the top and out of the way. Um, but every single game, I think I was at a count of maybe a hundred games or something like that. And I think I was, I just stood there. That was my staple. So, but if, if nothing else, I mean, you know, if, if just to go to a game at Scotiabank Arena is like 300 bucks nowadays or whatever it is, you know, in the vicinity, it's hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars. So you're getting that now. Which is great. I mean, if, if nothing else, I would love it. Hey, I'll, yeah, sure. I'll be the uh, backup quarterback tonight for Green Bay. Here you go. Look, I'm, I'm here. I'm probably not going to get, you know, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you you do, you get the call. So how, take us through how it all went down. I know the goalies got injured. Um, so you don't have to go into how they get injured unless you want to. And, but the, the second one was that Mrazek was in the second period, right? And then you get the call. Are you up there in your yeah. street clothes? Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing my clothes, but, Soon as uh, soon as Reimer got hurt, I text Reed Mitchell because he's he was the go-to guy, and I text him and I said, uh, I said Reimer is down, and he's like, just wait a second. Two seconds later, he texts me, all right, get down here, put your gear on. So, oh my god, oh you know that was that was the third time that year that I've had to put my gear on. I, I mean, a month or so before that, uh, I got dressed for Toronto because Freddie Anderson hurt his neck, yeah. and earlier Bernier got hurt for Detroit, I think, or sick. And so I got dressed for them. Obviously, didn't go in, just kind of sat in the room and stuff like that. But um, so you're just, I go down and put my gear on. And I'm like, this is like any other day that I've had to get dressed where I'm just going to put my gear on, sit in some random room and watch the game on my phone. Um, and that's because that's pretty much what you do. Yeah. And um, I just waited, waited for the call. But I thought, you know, I'm just going to go home and get, get undressed, go home. And that's, that's my night. So uh, until uh, my phone starts blowing up. I was watching the game and then uh, my phone started blowing up, just asking me if I was, if I was getting dressed. Yeah. And then next thing I know, one of my buddies messaged me. He's like, get in there, like all capital letters. And I'm like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Um, so I, cause I didn't actually see Mrazic get hurt. And then yeah. uh, one of the guys from Carolina came in. He's like, put your uppers on, man. You're going in. And we wow. had just talked about it. And the crazy thing about it is that every other team that I, so it was four in total that I had to get dressed for. Um, I did Chicago like a couple of years before that. And uh, this was the only team before the goalie even got hurt. The second goalie got hurt. They took my jersey and put my name on the back of it, um, and I just held it up because one of the guys, Pace, I said no one's ever put my name on the back of a jersey before 
when I've had to come down and get dressed. And he's like, well, our guy did, Bobby Gorman. He's like, Bobby, put it on the back for you. And it was almost like it was a sign, man, because, you know, five minutes later, put that jersey with your name on already and put it on the, and get out there, right? So it was wow. just, uh, it was pretty cool how that went about. What a weird thing. Like, if you really, yeah. well, f- first of all, it should be on Alder. I mean, have, if anybody's listening to this with any connection to a locker room, and I'm sure there's lots out there, good God, put the, you, you get the call to be the e-bug. I don't care what room you're in. Dude name should be on the goddamn jersey this is people's a lot of them their only flirtation with the nhl ever and they want a memory piece jesus christ but that being said it's not done is it and you happen to have it this game so when you go out there i don't what were you thinking is too general of a question but you've been to games you've even like I played in the league. I used to go down, and when I sat out, like sometimes the odd time, like I'd go down and sit close to the to the ice. There's not many seats available in Montreal, but sometimes there'd be a fan I'd know, and I'd go down or whatever. And if I could, and I like, I used to go, "Fuck, I can't believe I play in this league. Like it's so fast." And when I go to games now, I'm like, "I can't even believe I played in it. Like it, it just looks so fast. It looks like fantasy land." And you're going out there as a fan that you know with no experience. It's not like you, you went out and. And, and played in the NHL before you've been playing, you've been practicing with these guys, but this is the rink that you've been at Leafs games with your, your brother and your father love the Leafs. You're not so much of a fan, but you've grown up in and around Toronto and you're skating out there. Now you get the call. What is the closest word? Like, I, I don't, what were you thinking again is too general, but were you like, what the fuck? Or were you excited at some point you've got to go, this is it. I'm in it. So you might as well fucking jump on board. Like, what were you thinking? Yeah. 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 I mean, walking down the hallway, I was just, I was just amped. Like I was ready to go. I mean, the funny thing about it is that that week beforehand, um, we did like a promo commercial and Austin Matthews and I, and and one of the other guys was his stunt double. Um, we did like a little promo video for a few hours on the ice that day. And you know, Matthews is, you know, not just one of the best players in the league, but like an awesome dude, like just down to earth, really cool guy. Just hanging out, you know, shooting, shoot back and forth on each other and you know two days or three days later you're stepping on the ice in an actual real game with him <laughs> shooting on you again um but i think i practiced on that ice time or ice surface many many times with the lights going um and the place is just kind of amped up but no fans i mean you can't train for the fans i don't care how many times you practice but you can't you like you know i mean once you're out there and the fans are going crazy you get that adrenaline and that rush of uh just getting pumped up so when i got on the ice and they kind of took their time getting going because they were working out pedalies and stuff like that. And, um, so it took them a little bit to get going. And me, notoriously a slow starter in every hockey. I mean, I could play beer league with my buddies or I could play shinny. You could score like six goals on me right away. And then I turn and turn it up towards, you know, half halfway through, I start to turn it up. Uh, and that's just my style. Right. So probably why I didn't really play anywhere, but um, I got the hook before I could go anywhere else. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was just surreal going out there and all the lights are going and people are, are, are ripping. But when that, when that game started, I mean, they go hard in practice, but they, they put a balls out in a game, right? I mean, these guys are, yeah. they seem bigger. They seem so much faster. The game just took a while to, uh, to adjust obviously. But then once I got to the intermission and kind of chilled out a little bit, I was, uh, I kind of regained and I, the guys were behind me. So, I mean, having their, support and their confidence in me obviously helped me with a little bit of confidence too right so i know i felt as the game went on i could hear the, the fans yelling shoot the leafs had the puck at their own blue line and people were yelling shoot 
I mean, I was thinking in my head, yeah, please do shoot. Like, shoot more often. I need to get warmed up and get into this game a little bit. But uh, you're obviously scared, too, after the first two goals go in. Like, man, I don't want to look like an idiot out here right now. So I got to at least do something. And then the Canes obviously played unreal in front of me and helped me out. So, I mean, all the credit to them. I would, yeah, you know, honestly, I'd love to hear this because I always really wondered, and I've seen you talk about it a little bit, but the mindset, you know, because it's either, I don't know, it's like it's, you, you, sometimes in life you get a moment, right? You, you get a moment and you, you, you don't always ask for it, but you get a moment and you're like, here I am. And either it might be three to two and you might be, a, 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 you know, a extra player and fuck the center fielder goes down. You're in. It's three to two. It's the ninth or three and two. It's the ninth inning. Bases loaded. Two outs. Like you're. How did I find myself here? I don't know, but I'm here. Now either I, either I approach this with confidence. I'm going to hit that goddamn ball, or I get intimidated. And like I said, you're going down. You're playing the NHL, but you don't really have a choice. What I find fucking crazy is that the first two go in. No other ones go in. The first two go in on me. I'm full. I, I don't know. Like I really would try, but I think the moment would get me, given given everything that was going on. But it didn't. You come back. And then you make some legit saves. You're playing the, and the fans are behind you in your own hometown. You could hear people actually cheering for it, which was, I mean, I'm home mesmerized as was anybody watching in internationally. I'd say in the, in the nation, but it's all over the world. So this happens. You get first star, you come off. First of all, first of all, as it's nearing down towards the end of the game here, what are you are you thinking? Like I just got my NHL win. Are you thinking I got the win? I'm the oldest. Did you know all that stuff? No, I don't. I didn't even think about that uh, at all. But I did look up with like three or four minutes to go, and I felt good. I started feeling really comfortable out there, and I knew how good Carolina was playing in front of me. So I'm like, you know, we're we've got a couple goals here. I think we're, we'll be fine. I mean, even if I do let one more goal in, I think we'll be okay. Um, so you know, right at the end of the game, I was like, I was obviously pumped because I knew I was going to win. And I was super excited. And Kyle Clifford kind of dumped that last one. Funny story, I did. A, I had a charity game uh, with Boots and Hearts and all those guys. And Kyle Clifford comes up to me and uh, he's like, I thought you would have sent me a gift or something like that. I forgot you didn't do that NHL because when he took out Razik. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but obviously he didn't mean to take him out. But, no, you know, sure. he was just he was just joking around with me about how, you know, he got me into the NHL. He's such an awesome guy, too. He's hilarious. But uh it was just that was a funny story, but he ended up being the last guy who, who shot on me in that game. I just kind of held on to that puck, but I was uh, you don't think about it in the moment, like or anything that even is going to happen to you after the game. I mean, I never would have thought that I would have been traveling all over the place and going on shows and podcasts and all this kind of stuff, even after that game. I thought I was just going to play the game, have the experience, go home, and continue with my life, but uh, definitely changed a lot of things. That's amazing. So, when did you get out of the rink that night? Oh God! Probably closer to midnight. I think that night it was uh, it was a late one. Must have been. And then how how long? I mean, I saw that you came out on Colbert. I lost track. You did a bunch of talk shows, right? Yeah, I think so. Sunday Sunday morning, I went back and skated with a couple of Leafs guys that were that were on the ice, uh, and then did a bunch of interviews. And, and the NHL called and said, "Hey, can you get on a flight tonight at seven o'clock to New York? We want to do a bunch of stuff." So I had already planned to go on TSN for Trade Center on the Monday morning. So I had to go and, and run and kind of film that on Sunday and then run back home and then get back down to the airport. It was all a rush, right? Um, and then I started at 6 o'clock on the Monday morning in, in New York. And I was all over. I think in total, I think it was like 25 or 27 different interviews, either phone or on TV or Zoom or whatever it was. Um, and then Colbert Show actually wasn't even scheduled. They called, I think, at like 2.30. 
and said, Hey, we heard Dave's in town. Does he want to come? We want to do something fun with him. And, you know, we, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, let's go, you know, let's yeah. go see what, what's going on. How do you, how do you turn that down? You know, at the Ed Sullivan theater. I mean, just cold air show. Sullivan theater. You said it. That's what it's all about. Ed Sullivan theater, man. There's been so much history go down there. And to be able to come out as like a subject of a skit, holy shit, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that'll ever, I've done a lot of things that'll never happen to me. And that is fucking wild what happened. So yeah. by the way, how, how is it down? I think what, what, what's the uh, like normal rooms, like change rooms or, or whatever. Like how, how is the whole thing? You, you come into the building, you know, did, did you spend a lot of time there? It's so old that building, right? I mean, you go down to the to the yeah. green rooms and stuff like that, and they're just small little rooms. But obviously, they're done up real nice. But they're just tiny little rooms, and it's like small little hallway down there, and um, yeah. that's just it's just the the history behind that place. Like you oh, said, cool. so many people have been in there, and just to be able to go there and you know come out of the stage from the back, and it's just you know so many people have done that. It was just I was obviously lucky to be able to, yeah. to be on that the show, Beatles but uh, and he was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, fucking really. Beatles have done it for Jesus sakes. Yeah, um, it was funny because um, <laughs> they had me do a skit with goalie gloves on. They went down the street and bought some goalie gloves, and they're like, "Hey, we want you to play the piano." And we did our little, uh, you know, just a little warm up before the show even started. And I'm playing uh, the piano with these goalie gloves on, and I just slide the blocker right along the keys. And Colbert started dying laughing. He's like, "You have to do that during the actual <laughs> show." And the guy who who's Normally with the piano, he's like, man, just be careful with my piano. He's like, that thing's worth a fortune. So it was just, you know, it's just cool wow. to be there and do something like that. Yeah. But, uh, they were great. Fuck, man, that's wild. Okay, so so the whirlwind happens. Um, you go on this crazy tour, and then you go back. So, I mean, your life must have changed in that, from what I see from afar, is that, you know, you're doing a lot, a lot of charity stuff, which is great, man. You're giving back. You're doing all that. You know how, how it's like. And you got an NHL win. You played in the NHL. I hope you don't downplay that because you're a great coach. Lots of pro goalies that have never played a game in the NHL, and you were as deserving as anybody. You got in there. You got the win. You're a good goddamn goalie. A lot of times it takes people longer. And a, the route, who cares? You're an e-bug that got in there and made a fucking legendary story for other e-bugs. So I, I saw that you're coaching. Is it, I, I, Do you do that or was that a one-off? Yeah, I'm coaching. Uh, actually, last year I went back down for a couple of uh, just the end of the season in the SBHL. Oh, okay. Then coached in uh, Vermilion uh, for the Vermilion County Bobcats. It was just uh, Danville, Illinois, which was a lot of fun. I mean, that's a that was a fun little little tour to do that. Um, and now I'm coaching a junior C team in Port Perry, which is great. I mean, I, it's not far from where I grew up, so uh, it's a lot of fun. And finally, getting to coach with my brother. My brother's four years older than me. We've never coached together we never actually played organized sports before together we played kind of pure league hockey but now we're actually getting to coach together on the same team which is awesome i mean you know everybody uh really kind of wants to coach with or do something with their siblings at one point in time especially if you're competitive in hockey or sports right so that's a lot of fun so yeah our season starts up uh coming up here in a couple of weeks so everything's getting ramped up that is great good luck football fans the first sunday of the nfl season is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. 
bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So listen, I've got uh, a few questions left. We're called rapid fire randoms and then uh, maybe sum it up with a few more hockey questions. But it's not, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Are you cool for rapid fire randoms? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. David Ayers, rapid fire randoms. If you had one superpower, what would it be? Be invisible. If you had, okay, so Death Row Meal, you've just committed some kind of murder. You walked in and your, uh, I don't know, your best buddy was stealing your car and you said, fuck you, man. Like, this goes back. This is heated and you fucking blew his head off. Now you're going to jail because you did it in Texas. Where, what are you eating for your very last meal? Oh, man. That's a Sorry, you're dying. You're, you're on death row. You're in jail, but you're dying. <laughs> you're going to be put. I'll go, let's go with chicken and ribs. Chicken and ribs. Yeah. Oddly enough, yeah. this far in, and usually I ask that one. All these aren't always repeated, but, and I haven't heard that yet. You'd think I would have. Uh, would you go into space if given the opportunity? 100%. Ah, nice. You're you're curious cat. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's say, let's say you got to go to Mars. So you, you, not to live or anything. You're just going to go check out Mars. A few years in the future, we can get there and back. Say it takes, mm, let's say it takes four months, two months there, two months back. You got to pick one of these people to accompany you. There's only one person. You're in a dual pod or whatever the hell they call it. Right. Chuck Norris, Ryan Seacrest, Katy Perry, or Josh Donaldson. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say no to Katy Perry being in the thing with me, but Chuck place. Norris as well. I mean, if Chuck Norris says, if Katy Perry says no, Chuck Norris is my next option. Yeah, I figured Ryan Seacrest is probably out. Katy Perry yeah. and Chuck Norris would be fantastic. Yeah, I just pop it. First four names come to mind. I toss them in there, but yeah, I like your picks. Not that I don't like Josh Donaldson. Seacrest wouldn't even be a thought. Josh Donaldson, my kind of person, but fuck that Chuck Norris, man. Um, <laughs> Name me a great jersey. What jersey do you love in another sport? Uh, Montreal Expos jersey. I used to love that growing up. Yeah, me too. I saw a few games there. Long live the Expos. Uh, on Sundays for the rest of your life, you got to make an animal noise. So you can't make any other noise. Like on Sundays, you turn into, well, yourself. But when you speak, say a quack comes out or a moo or whatever, you've got to speak an animal noise on Sundays the rest of your life. It's probably going to be a goat. A goat? Just for fun. Yeah, just for fun. Why the hell not? And if anybody well, asks, it, right? just say because I'm the goat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know how I would answer that fucking question. But a goat. I don't either. But as any. It works. Aliens invade, and you have one album to impress them. One music album. Ah, uh, wow. Another brick in the wall, probably. That's a fucking another fantastic answer. We'd get along well, you know. Uh, okay, aliens invade, and now you got one song to make them dance. Doesn't have they don't know anything about culture. They don't know shit. You could say fucking 
start me up by the stones or get ready for this by tour and limited whatever you think is going to make these people dance if not the earth is blown up by the way that's the other the I, I, okay i get it i mean the song's going to be terrible but i would just like to see them dance like a bunch of idiots to like mambo number five or something like there that. you go that's those, there's a re i think those would be the first ones because like gangnam style or mambo number five or like these these one-off flash in the pans. There is a reason. Even though we don't like it, it's probably the culture probably says, what the fuck, man, you're being cheesy or living La Vida Loca. But the thing is, there's such bangers that you can't deny the cheesiness of them. So I think you are right. I think aliens would go for that. Um, yeah. They don't know what's a good album cover or why Bob Dylan wrote this or shit. You know what I mean? They just want to stomp their fucking foot. Um <laughs> What's the best TV show ever? Oh man, I I got hooked on Dexter for I watched it like three different times all the seasons. I mean, it was kind of creepy, but I mean, the show is well done. Yeah, I watched all those as well. Very, very well done. The Underrated new one does not come big. to my mind. I wasn't huge on the new the newest um, season of it. I mean, the older stuff was great. But the newest one wasn't wasn't I wasn't huge on it. I agree. The, the new one. <sighs> Uh, it, it felt like they were trying too hard, didn't it? I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It, That's it, exactly what it was. The story went on a little bit too long, I think, for me. I mean, the other ones were like every other episode, he was chasing someone new. So, I mean, that one was kind of cheesy. You know, there are, there's something to be said for overdoing it, man. Get out when the when the getting's good, just because you're right. I, yeah. I was really looking forward to it. Well, before I knew, I, I was happy with it in a box like it was. Then they said it was coming out, and I was really looking forward to it. And then I thought about it, and then I watched it. It wasn't even in my mind. It was—I guess—it was entertaining enough, but it wasn't close to the original series. Um, right. How many times have you been to Wonderland? I used to have a season's pass there when I was a kid, so all wow. the time. I used to go all the time. I was just so, at Darien Lake a couple of weeks ago. I mean, not not anything close to Wonderland, but it felt good to get back on some rides. Yeah, I love it too. I'm uh, so I just got a great deal. I'm going on Friday. Usually it costs a lot to leave Newfoundland, but I got a deal of 545 bucks, everything in for me and my daughter. And she's never traveled a lot. She has, I go on all these trips and she never comes because they usually revolve around ball hockey or ice hockey or some appearance right. or something. So she's coming to this. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm like, yeah, you got to come to Wonderland. And her friends are like, I've been to Toronto five times. I've never been to Wonderland. I'm like, what? Are you kidding uh me? Just love it. I, I, I don't know if it's a kid at heart or what, but I just think it's fun for everybody. I, I don't know why. Yeah, and now and now it won't be so busy either because you know school's uh, in and summer's over. So I mean, uh, now's the time to go. You know what's funny? I so I jumped on the. T I figured Saturday Wonderland, Sunday CN Tower, like Ripley's Aquarium, whatever it is downtown, and then Monday Jays. So it seemed great. It was a great deal. I had to jump on it. I was actually doing background on a show Hudson and Rex the other day. And while we were sitting there waiting to shoot, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to jump on this. So I bought it. Not thinking. <laughs> not thinking. So I'll get a hotel. I know you pay a little bit extra in Toronto, but Tro I wasn't thinking it's the fucking film festival. The average downtown oh. is 750 Average $750. Um, That's insane. That being said, a good friend came through for me and hooked me up. I didn't know that when I bought the ticket and the, the odds were astronomically low that, that it would happen. But... Mm -hmm. It fucking happens. So thank you to my friend Heidi. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, uh, just, I mean, people who bite the shit out of their nails right in front of you. I mean, that creeps me out. I don't know why, but it just does. 
a, crep, a pet peeve and a vomit inducing action. What are your, <laughs> yeah. where are you in 20 years from now, Davey? Uh, oh man, hopefully still alive some, at some point, but I mean, yeah. um, you know, uh, hopefully doing something fun. I mean, that's the story of my life at this point. I mean, just make the best of it while you can. I mean, what's the point of it, right? Be happy. What else? I think Plato and Aristotle said it best. That was a long time ago, but it hasn't changed. What's the point of life? I don't know. To be happy. Uh, be a good guy. Um, what have you cooked in the microwave more than anything? <laughs> uh, I don't even use the microwave. I can tell you the last time I even used my stove. I mean, uh, like I said, like my wife and I split up probably just over two months ago, and I haven't turned the stove on since. All I've done was either eat out or barbecue. I mean... <laughs> What else can you do at that point? Hey, but I lost 20 pounds. And I'm probably in the best shape I've been in the last, you know, five years. So you look thanks great. To her for that. Yeah. I was going to say, you do look great. Now, if, if any of my questions earlier about like taking a break by yourself, I didn't mean that. I didn't know that. And but it happens. No, no. Yeah. Hey, it does. It's part of life, right? It's it part works. of life, man. It's, uh, it's, I'm, you're looking at somebody that it happened to not long ago. Um, yeah. What can you cook the best? Oh, a grilled chicken. Well, there yeah. you go. Chicken and ribs was your answer for death row. That doesn't surprise me too much. Then. You know why chicken and ribs, the chicken and ribs answer, after I got my, uh, my kidney transplant, the first day I got home, the dialysis diet was crazy. I mean, like I said, I lost 40, 45 pounds on that diet. You couldn't hardly yeah. eat anything. And the first meal I wanted after I got home from the hospital for my kidney transplant was Swiss chalet, chicken and ribs. So, I mean... So you really have kind of been in a situation like you haven't had something for a while, not in a death row. I mean, but right. you, you've been in a situation where, you know what, I've been starved to something for so long. And now that I get to have whatever, that's what it's going to be, which is kind yeah. of another way around the question. Right. Um, your all time favorite Toronto Maple Leaf. Even if you're not a fan, <sighs> you must be someone. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, Cujo, probably. His, his son. Get his name was over here for Alex Newhook's cup party a few weeks ago, and you you wouldn't know, but it's the same person. I couldn't believe it. I yeah. couldn't believe. I walked in and immediately a sea of people. I didn't even know any of his hockey buddies were there, and I was with RA from Chicklets, and I went, "That right there, that guy's related to Curtis Joseph." He said, "Yep," and we went yeah. over and asked. He said, "Yeah, I'm his son." That's awesome. I was in uh, <laughs> I was in Vegas for the All Star game, and Cujo was there signing autographs and stuff. So I got a chance to. To talk to him, so he was a he's a good dude. Jesus, he's I was cool there for that. I was there with spitting chicklets. I didn't know, and I had yeah you. the road hockey thing, right? Yeah, were you doing the road? Ho- yeah, see, I didn't know that they were having. That. I was talking to Biz that day too uh, when I was down there, and uh, he just said that you just finished doing the ball hockey tournament stuff like that. So yeah. I was just there taking it all in. Wow. Well, if we ever find ourselves in the same place again, do do shoot me a note. Um, for sure. Best concert ever. Oh man, I, I go to a lot of concerts and I just went to Jason Aldean. Uh, I've seen him probably like six or seven times. I'm actually going to see him again next weekend in Albany or Saratoga. Yeah. And he puts on one hell of a concert. I Same heard. with uh, Luke Combs is uh, another guy that I, I love to, to see. So those are good concerts. And you're right from Toronto, like right in and but that big in the country. Not that a lot of people aren't, but yeah. you usually get more of it in the rural areas. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely a country guy. I mean, that's, I like a bunch of music, but the country concerts for me are always a blast. Hey, man, I I really, I find something that I like in every genre, but I, you know, I went out west and country was a huge part of my life for 20 years. I, I like, I I like newer country, but my favorite is 90s, 2000s. 
Um, with exception to Johnny Cash and Waylon, I like the Legends too. But my favorite right. time, I could pretty much play anything. And, you know, it's like things that, you know, because I associate those with memories of growing up out there kind of thing. Right. Um, so you would you cut off your arm? Okay, for $6.2 million every summer, you got to cut off your arm. But now you're DJ Dr. Hook. You get a hook put in place, and you become a DJ, country DJ if you want. But you're DJ Dr. Hook. You got a hook. You can be David Ayers, of course, but you're still DJ Dr. Hook for $6.2 million every summer, but you got no right arm. 100%. I, I like a challenge. I mean, trying to spin records with a hook. Let's see how it goes. And, you know, you can laugh all the way to the bank while you're curious about how it, how it feels. That's um, true. Weirdest place you've ever had a beer? Oh, man. Uh, I don't really know, actually, the weirdest place. I don't drink a lot, right? I mean, I had a kidney transplant, so I couldn't. I actually couldn't even tell you the last time I was drunk. So it's been a long time. That answers your question. Probably on my couch because I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't drink a beer on my couch, so that would be weird. Okay, uh, <laughs> fair enough. Favorite sports team outside hockey and outside Toronto? Well, I kind of have to go with Carolina, but that's a hockey team. But I mean, oh yeah, outside uh, of that shit, yeah, Carolina. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a huge football guy, but I used to love the Vikings back in the day. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll stick with them. And listen, by the way, I didn't ask you. So you went down to ring that horn or whatever it is at the start of the game. They, they must've treated you really well. Did they? They're awesome. I mean, they're awesome down there. The Carolina organization was awesome. The fans were awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go back. I, I've been Good. two or three times now. I'm going to go back probably for the start of the season again. They probably won't let me ring the siren. I was 0-2 at one point and then I finally went back for a third time and they finally won a game. So I mean I'm one for three. It's not a good not good odds. So I probably won't be doing the siren again. I love that you keep that connection. I really do. Um because you know, say what you want. That was a big part. That was uh, I saw a highlight film on the Carolina Hurricanes games from Carolina and that was one of their number one stories of the year. So don't mm -hmm. ever I'm sure you don't, but you know you're a part of their history whether it was uh, some kind of fluke or not. Um how much milk do you drink? I just let three bags go sour in my fridge. That explains it for you. I mean, I used to drink a little bit more, but protein shakes, uh, I have protein shake every day, but not a lot of milk. What do you have in your protein shake, by the way? I got it. So I'm, I'm doing a few things and I'm starting to work out um, for a few different reasons. And I need to put on some good muscle. And I just yeah. bought uh, protein. I bought a blender. What do you put in your protein shake? I'm simple. I mean, I get my protein from Costco, a lean fit protein. It's actually awesome. And I put yeah. uh, frozen vanilla yogurt in there. And, and so you're good to go. Milk. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what to do, man. So I put in yeah. frozen bananas and strawberries, milk, um, some Greek yogurt. There you go. So I, I mean, just I can't I do the, chunk, I, the chunky fruit. Do you like the chunky fruit? I mean, I, I don't know. It just drives me nuts, I think. But, and the, the I blend I it like up bananas. and I eat it like an ice cream, like a, like a blizzard at, at Dairy Queen. Right. And blizzards are my weakness, man. Yeah, so. They're my weakness. And you know what I love? My favorite is a banana split blizzard. I don't like a lot of sweets, but I, love, I don't even yeah. think it's on the menu anymore. But they know when I go there and I just order. You just put the banana split in a blizzard. But oh, I can get so this good. concoction kind of tasting like that. So it gets rid of my fix. <laughs> and it's uh, somewhat yeah. healthy. Healthier, yeah. Um, you got to take advice from one of these people. Okay. Darth Vader. Gargamel from the Smurfs. These are all villains. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter or Freddy Krueger. 
You got to take oh, advice I- on, let's say, where to travel. You're going on a traveling excursion. You might go to Europe. You might go, hey, you might, you might go to Tanzania. You might go to South Africa. Where the hell are you going to go? But one of these people is going to help you. They're going to give you some st- travel advice. Darth Vader, Gargamel, Hannibal Lecter, or Freddy Krueger? Let's go with Hannibal Lecter. I mean, that guy's obviously brilliant. Crazy as shit, but brilliant. So, I mean... True, and it's only travel advice. He is... I didn't think of it that way. You're right. Of all those people, that guy's a certified Mensa guy. Like, his IQ is through the charts, so he would probably steer you in the right direction. He's only giving you advice. He could do it over the phone, whether he wants to eat your leg or not. (laughs) That's Um, it. uh, How many animals have you killed? I'm not saying this from a bad point of view. Like, I don't know. Maybe you're a hunter. Maybe you enjoy. There's all kinds of my my next door neighbor just killed a moose and I will eat half. But there you go. So how many animals? Uh, I don't know. A couple squirrels and I think a beaver. I mean, they're wreaking havoc at the cottage. So they had to take it. So normal. You didn't know if you were some big time. uh, No, 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 no. no. I ask that question sometimes and. People take offense. I don't mean any offense to it. Some people like the can animals, some don't. I'm impar- I don't really love it. I don't love it. I can't think of one. I remember a bird when I was a kid. He was like a woodpecker that was banging off the house. It was kind of annoying. And to be honest, I felt a bit bad about it. Am I a hypocrite? Probably because I eat whatever at the store. It's not a moral thing. I just don't like feeling. It doesn't make me feel good. No, I'm um, the same. How many times in your life have you worn a snorkel? Oh, a lot. I used to snorkel all the time up at the cottage at the lake. It was the best. I mean, and then going down south, same thing. You know, okay. snorkeling in the ocean—it's awesome. Beautiful. So more, more than a few. Um, okay, your last question. You get to make in this particular world. There's a computer simulation happening. I've got my team. Now you have to assemble an all-time team of any hockey players in this hypothetical world. Um, they're all in their prime. You can't pick any Toronto Maple Leafs. You can't pick any Montreal Canadiens. And you can't pick Gretzky, Howe, Lemieux, or Orr. Wow, you just killed me. Yeah. You just killed me. Joe Sackick would definitely be one. Oh, I like it. I uh, right there. Great yeah, pick. McDavid. Mm-hmm. Uh, also great. Uh, um, let's go with, uh, oh man, Niedermeyer. Rob, not Rob Niedermeyer, probably Scotty. solid Scott Scott yeah. Niedermeyer. Sorry, yeah, he yeah. was a solid, a solid. Here pick. you go. So you gave me two forwards and you gave me one D. Very, very good pick so far. Let's let's go with Scott Stevens. Nice. He will take someone's head off. Yeah. Uh, let's put Lindros on the team there as well. Good, mm-hmm. good guy. Obviously, a good hockey player. I will throw uh, you the bone, but he did play for the Leafs. But I know what you mean. He's oh, not, like, very briefly. Very I briefly. love the pick. I only put that because you're from Toronto. Usually I say no Habs and all those guys because Canadians have had so many legends. But Eric Lindros is not primarily a Leaf, so I'll give you that. Now, who's your goalie? Uh, Carey Price. Okay. I mean, the guy, there's so many good goalies out there. But I think that uh, Carey Price, to me, just a. So you're a goalie looking at it. I'd like, because when I look at him, he reminds me, say, when I was in a dressing room with Wade Redden, I played on under 18 Team Canada and shit like that with them. We went to the draft together. We're the same age. I just came across him as an opponent and a teammate enough that he was so poised in the room. And 
what he was doing, he made look so easy. People judge him a lot by the end of his career when he was making a lot of money. Wade Redden is one little step away from a Hall of Famer in my mind. His first bunch of years were fantastic. He was a Team Canada guy for a while, World Cup. They lost. Wasn't an eventful fucking Team Canada, but he was on it. And he was a very charitable guy. He reminds me a lot of Kerry Price in the way he carries himself and the way that they play. For me, I used to admire, I'd notice shit about a D before forward because I have to play. That's my biggest kind of obstruction on the ice. Usually by the time you're before the goalie is the D. So I just noticed how good he was at, at not looking like he's trying hard. Is that what you see from Price? Because I don't know how to look yeah. at a goalie and see that he's good. Yeah, I mean, so poised, right? I mean, yeah. technically sound, so poised, so calm. And it's just one of those, you rarely see him out of position and rarely see him scrambling. Yeah. And the guy, you know, the guy's got, he's had an unreal career. I mean, if he had a little bit more support at time, I think that cup run they just had, if it wasn't for him, I mean, yeah. they, I don't think they would have got anywhere near there. And, and I mean, that guy, that. he stood on his head. Not only that, knowing what we know now, like he was probably a lot more injured than he let on at the time, right? As soon mm -hmm. as the playoffs are over, like him and Weber are like, okay, we got to figure this shit out, right? Like, I mean, so yeah. I agree with you. And I find it, it back in the day, they would judge people on their cups. You know, like, yeah. you know, there were six teams in the league and then there was like 16 teams. I find it real hard in a league of 32 teams, man, to to try to, you know, judge a player there, Eric Lindros, even, you know, no cup, yeah. but he took the flyers to the cup final. You're right. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's levels of success. And then they both won on a, on a Olympic level and with team Canada at times during the, right. I find they're, they're, they're similar kind of guys. Cause legends definitely hall of fame guys. But, uh, I don't think we're in an, we're in an era where I, I, I do think that you don't have to win a Stanley cup to be considered the best at what you do anymore. And, uh, I don't. I, I just think that the Canadians, a number of years, that's the most obvious year, but there's a number of years that they wouldn't have done as well if it wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. uh, 100%. And I think the, the cup thing that you say, I think there's a lot of guys that have won cups that nobody even knows who they are. Totally, yeah. I mean, you can be like, yeah, I won a cup, and people are like, who, who are you, sort of thing, right? Um, so you can't just judge people by their cups, but I mean, Price has put that team on his back for so many years. Yeah, no And one clearly fighting through a lot of stuff. No one will convince me that Darcy Kemper is uh, better than Gary Price because he has a cop, put it that way. But uh, I'm with the you. Power to him. Um, listen, what do you got coming up? Do you have anything to promote? Um, and, and uh, you know, wh where are you going to be? Do you, do you Basically, do you have anything to plug? And we'll get that in before we go. No, I don't have much. I mean, like, like I said, going through what I'm going through right now, uh, I'm just kind of trying to, you know, get the best out of my life and do the, the best stuff. I mean, I got my Disney movie coming up. Um, pretty soon so i signed the deal with them and that's that's in the works but uh see how that goes in the next year or so um i didn't so even know that. Be i must be living under a rock i had no idea that sounds exciting yeah so they're doing a full out uh feature film as what from you know what was planned i mean obviously disney yeah. can change their mind and do whatever they want to do with it but uh um but that's the that's the idea right now is that uh we're going to kind of go full out with uh with the movie so i know it's written the writer was at my house and we, we went through everything in, in December and I talked to him the other day and he said it's in development right now. So um, we'll see where it goes in the next year. Well, that makes total sense because I've seen lesser stories, you know, made into 
big events or movies. And it's just phenomenal the way it all went down. And what's better is that you're a good person. And by the way, you're well-spoken. I mean, if you're ever curious, I don't know if you, you know, I think people would let you, you, you got a voice, you're an e-bug. There's lots of them. There's hockey fans like myself that I'd like to listen. You're well-spoken. If I could recommend anything, maybe sometime in the future, you have your own podcast or, you know, you, you go on and, and then maybe broadcast to some degree. I, I don't know, but you know, whatever's what in the future, love good luck. I would love to, you know, some broadcasting stuff. And I do a lot of stuff like you said for charity, um, yeah. kidney, kidney foundations and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really want to get into doing more speaking engagements and stuff like that too, because I mean, I always say this, a lot of people have a chance to play hockey. I mean, not a lot of people make it to the NHL, but a lot of people have a chance to play hockey, but not a lot of people get the platform to, to kind of be able to tell their story. Um, and then my story, obviously, you know, having a transplant and my dad passing away from prostate cancer and, you know, all this other kind of stuff that's been going on in my life, you kind of have an inspiration or inspirational story that you can tell people. So I'm trying to work on doing some speaking engagements at different places and just to kind of get involved a little bit more. Right. Well, that's fantastic news. Uh, you know, some people, like I said, you have a moment, right? You had that moment that we talked about. Like, here you are, you're in the moment Well, you're making the best of it and you're a positive person. And that, and a lot of people look up to you and you're using that power and responsibility, if you can call it that, definitely responsibility, but that power, they whether you want it or not, it's there, right? People, you go out, people recognize you. There's a kid in a store getting the groceries or whatever with their parents and they look at you. A lot of them see David Ayers, the the NHL winner, you know, they won a game in the NHL out of nowhere, right? They, they see that and they see the positivity. I shouldn't say out of nowhere. Don't, but you know what I mean? Um, and you're really, you're a positive guy and you like telling the story and I really wish you all the best. You deserve it. Um, life is life works in mysterious ways, man. My mom always said that. And I think the, uh, in your case, it's what's happened is mysterious. It's curious. It's, it's coincidental. It's ironic. It's a lot of things, but I, I think it was bound to happen at some point. Something was going to happen to you. It seems that uh, you've just got that attitude, and things have happened in your life that uh, you've overcome. You faced adversity, and you've uh, you've definitely faced it with uh, admirably, and you've done good things with it. So good luck if you ever find yourself in the same room as myself. Come and say hi. And that being said, like I said, I'm coming to Toronto. I'm going to the Jays on Monday. If you like going to Jays games, love to see you there. Yeah, I might actually go to that game, to be honest with you. So if I do, I'll, I'll send you a message. I'll let you know that I'm there. Well, do that. I'm going to send you a message on Insta now with my phone number. Um, All right. I would absolutely love to see you there. At some point, you know, I spent a lot of time yeah. in Toronto. Love to get together, and I'm sure we'll do something together in a charitable form at some point. Listen, thanks yeah, so awesome. much for coming on the show. I've been waiting for this. I wanted to give you your space, but I've been waiting to yeah. do this for a couple of years, and I'm glad it happened. So good luck, my friend, and maybe see you Thank soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Okay, Dave, thanks a lot for coming on Tales with TR, and we will catch you on the rebound, my friend. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the rebound as well. This has been episode 119B of Tales with TR. Be back next week with my stories from my weekend in Toronto with my daughter. We'll also have an old teammate of mine, Jeremy Thompson, who's going to join the show. Thanks a lot, and see you all soon.